Today's School PR Drive Time is brought to you by Gabbert. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Dr. Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA media team, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the currency of courtesy. What is it and why it matters? Joining me today is Brent Campbell, Chief Communications and External Relations Officer with Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools, and Dion Jenkins, Board Attorney for Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools. Brent and Dion designed a presentation for administrators and leadership discussing the currency of courtesy. And for this podcast, we wanted to align these ideas with essentially relationship management and good customer service. These strategies can be implemented working with the media or parents or co-workers, uh, team members, teachers, stakeholders, and more. We have lots to share today. Let's start the show. Hello, Brent and Dion, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. To start us off, tell me a little bit about your background, and Brent, we will start with you first. Well, good afternoon or morning or whatever time of day this may be happening, Stacia, for folks who are listening. But um, I'm Brent Campbell, the Chief Communications and External Relations Officer for Winston-Salem for Scythe County Schools. I've been in this role about six years. Um, prior to that, I worked in marketing for a short period of time um, with a large retirement community. But the majority of my career has been spent in television news, um, 20 plus years as a reporter and anchor at a couple of different stations um, in North and South Carolina. Um, so that's my track. It landed me here from television to marketing to now um, a world that kind of encompasses all of that. Wonderful. And Dion, what about you? Well, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Dion Jenkins, and I'm the general counsel for the Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools. I've been in this role as in-house counsel for the school system since 2013, starting first as like a staff attorney and then ultimately moving up into this role. But prior to coming to the school system, I was in private practice. And so my um, my experience has really kind of been a variety of different things. I've, I've done criminal defense work. I've done family law, personal injury, all of which I, you know, think helped me in my current role because I'm kind of a generalist for the school district. And so um, uh, I love what I do just because every day is so different and um, no two days are ever alike. Um, and I get to do something that's, you know, near and dear to my heart, which is education. So I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So let's dive into it. So Brent and I came up with this uh, topic. We were brainstorming podcast ideas, and, and he mentioned that uh, you all did a presentation uh, to administrators, uh, leadership team on the currency of courtesy. So uh, Brent, tell us just a little bit more about the backstory and why you all felt the need to focus on this topic. So Dion and I obviously work very closely together on lots of different issues um, that happen within the district I mean, how those issues impact our parents, our students, and ultimately our community. But one of the things we started looking at was both internally and externally um, about civility. Uh, I think through COVID, um, things have changed people's perspective in some way. And so we were talking a lot about how does that impact the district from an employee perspective and in, inside our house, so to speak, and then how does that impact our parents and our community on the outside? So um, you'll see later on, or you may, Dion may show you that, you know, she, she put together kind of this triangle of how behaviors um, build and, and in time they end up costing 
um, the district. And that could be in a multi multitude of ways, be it in negative PR and or some type of monetary settlements or um, lawsuits or legality, or just lost trust among parents if you don't have good customer service. So um, that was the conversation that we had how can we work with our leaders to really think through how something small can pyramid into something big? Um, and those were the, the avenues that we took. Dion took the lead on this. And um, I think it's been helpful for our folks to really see this in a different light and kind of understand how some of this builds upon one another and can turn into something that in turn then ends up in, in my office, um, working through on a public lens perspective and with Dion. So this concept of working with civility and, and being courteous to your internal and external stakeholders is central to this presentation. So, Dion, what does working with civility mean to you? Well, for me, I think it really just kind of piggybacking off what Brent said. In my experience as the legal counsel for the district, I see so many situations kind of when they're at the point of no return. You know, part individuals are ready to file a lawsuit. People are threatening, you know, to get a lawyer, that sort of thing. So when it really what it ultimately boils down to is there was some sort of behavior, some interaction, something that occurred that really violates just basic rules of civility. Um, and so you know, whether it's some sort of disrespectful interaction or something that is said or some kind of unwanted behavior, really, it, that's the impetus for a lot of the lawsuits and, and issues and legal issues that I have to defend on behalf of the school district. And so for me, when it comes to the importance of workplace civility, I look at it as if people recognized a lot of these just basic pr principles of civility, it could prevent so much of the the legal issues and negative PR and things like that that come out of it. And so, um, and it's not really rocket science. You know, a lot of it's just basic common rules about how we interact with each other, how we treat each other, um, you know, opening, keeping the lines of communication open, that sort of thing. And so it's, um, it's, it's something that I think is at the root of all disputes that I at least deal with on a regular basis. And we do want to dive into uh, the rules of courtesy. But before we do, uh, Brent referenced this, but I, I want to make sure we explore it. Um, talk to me about the, the sort of the puzzle pieces and how these things can build upon each other uh, and then functionally end up either on your desk or on the news or uh, on Brent's desk. Sure. So when we did the presentation, <clears throat> I had a, a an image really of, of a pyramid and how, you know, if you look at it, kind of the, the lower level of the pyramid is just kind of basic, rude, unprofessional behavior. But as you go up the pyramid and what that represents is severity of behavior, ultimately, when you get to the top, that's the most significant, severe type of interactions. And so usually when we get to the top of the pyramid, we've escalated from just rude, unprofessional behavior to something that could be potentially illegal behavior or illegal conduct that occurs. And so that's where the currency comes in, right? That's where we have to pay out lawsuits or or pay to defend against claims that might be filed against the district, or we pay in some other way, either via negative PR and that's Brent's world, or we pay in some other aspect. And so that's really what the currency of courtesy is, is that the more we can, you know, practice and implement these basic rules of courtesy and civility in the workplace, the less ultimately we're going to have to spend, so to speak, down the road. Um, and so that's really how this all works together. It, it's all connected in that way. 
And it's so important just in, in looking through the the presentation, it's all about just being really present and and understanding that just this fact that one, a, a word that's wrong or a behavior that is maybe even misinterpreted, it may seem small to me, but to the person that I was working with, it, it was a big deal. And it's just, it, it's so, it's so important to remember that it's the little things uh, that matter. And so um, let's, ju- let's dive into uh, the rules that that we should uh, keep in mind as we are dealing with our, our stakeholders. So rule number one, pay attention. Dion, what does that mean? So I, I do want to say that the presentation and the rules that were quoted in the presentation were adapted from a book that I read called Choosing Civility by P.M. Forney. And so I I, I don't want to make it sound like I made these up on my own. I did adapt this from a book. And so I, um, it's, I kind of went through a book study, so to speak, with the audience. But the first rule about paying attention is, um, it's, it's interesting, when I did the presentation, I had this graphic of a, a Tesla vehicle crashing into this police vehicle and, and asked people to, to kind of talk about what they felt like that meant. And um, really, ultimately, what I was trying to say is that when we don't, when we're not intentional about our interactions with others, when we kind of operate on autopilot, so to speak, that's when we can, for lack of a better word, using this analogy, we can collide with others, we can ignore things, we can um, be short and crass in our communications with others, we can overlook things. And, um, and that, ultimately leads to other types of behaviors. And so just being aware of who you're around, being aware of the, the sensitivities of others, the um, being, a, being respectful of others in their space and their wishes, all of that really is what I mean by paying attention, just not being on autopilot and acknowledging others. And you hit on the second rule, let's explore, acknowledge others. Yeah. So, I mean, really it's about um, it's about being present. So you said, you mentioned earlier about, earlier about being present. And when you acknowledge really the existence of others, I think people, you know, one of the quotes that came out of this book that I read was that, you know, people's kind of inherent desire is to be acknowledged and appreciated by others. And when you do that, um, you let people know that, hey, I see you, I'm, I'm respecting your circumstances, I'm acknowledging your existence. And um, one of the things that we we talked about in the session too was, People underestimate how important or how valuable just a simple hello or a good morning mm-hmm. or, um, you know, being aware of your tone when you're communicating with someone via email, those sorts of things. Uh, those things can really make a difference um, when they're when they're good. They have a positive uh, impact when they're bad. They have a negative impact. And the the next rule uh, is listen. And I think this is really important, uh, especially in in our roles, it's so easy for us to get caught up in what are we going to say next? Or if you're, for example, dealing with the media, what's my next soundbite going to be? And so you're not listening in, intentionally. So tell me a little bit about how this plays into civility. Well, you know, I I agree 100%. I don't think that we listen enough and listen well enough when we're interacting with people. Um, you know, when it comes to listening, the book talks about being a cooperative listener. And so when someone's talking to you, it's not just about listening to respond, but listening to understand and really approaching it from an empathetic standpoint, really trying to understand what someone is saying, what they're feeling, how a situation has impacted them in some way, as opposed to just listening so that you can develop your your statement in response. And I don't think that in general, people really listen all that well. Right. Um, and and I think that that's something, 
if we did a better job of mm-hmm. communication as a as a whole, and that's Brent's area, right? Communication as a whole would be so much better. <laughs> you, you know, and it's I think the what sticks out to me is the word empathy, and I think that is so important, especially as we are dealing with a strange time. We're trying to get past a pandemic, but there's lots of political issues uh, going around, and I, and I've even found myself having to consciously say what is this person going through that that maybe made them use this tone with me and and how can my reaction cool things off rather than escalate things well we are just getting the conversation started we do want to take a break and when we return we will continue our conversation about the pillars of courtesy and why it matters stay with us everyone you're listening to school pr drive time For nearly 20 years, Gabbert Communications has been providing school districts with the tools to promote their brand and communicate effectively with their audience. All of Gabbert's products were built completely in-house and designed from the ground up exclusively to meet educators' needs. Gabbert's Campus Life solutions include website, mass notifications, parent engagement, mobile app, and an online store. Manage and streamline all of your communications with the Campus Life Connect app. Gabbert's customer support is unparalleled. When you call or chat, you're connected to a Gabbert team member at their Oklahoma office and get help within seconds. Experience the Gabbert difference at Gabbert.com. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. Brent Campbell, Chief Communications Officer and Dion Jenkins, Board Attorney for Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools are with us today discussing the currency of courtesy. And we want to keep on move, moving through our rules of courtesy. Uh, so let's tackle speak kindly. Dion, what does that mean to you? So I think when we talk about speak kindly, um, and, and and a lot of these, if, as you probably know that a lot a lot of these rules are interrelated right they kind of build upon each other and so as you're speaking with others of course you need to be present you need to acknowledge them you need to listen but speaking kindly i think for me means you know understanding that there's power in your words and also understanding going back to the, what we were talking about earlier about empathy that you, you need to speak in a way that expresses a level of understanding and acknowledgement about what the other person might be going through um, and I think all, especially now after COVID, but in general, you know, our society, it seems like kindness is the exception as opposed to the rule. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was, you know, we watch social media, we watch TikTok and and I'm always, I'm always amazed at how videos of people behaving in a kind manner go viral for some reason, as mm-hmm. if that's <laughs> right. something we don't do anymore. Right. And so I think anytime you can always keep kindness in, in the back of your mind as kind of your recurring theme along with empathy, especially when you're speaking with others, really goes a long way. Um, and sometimes it's just necessary to think, is it even appropriate for me to say what I want to say? Is it necessary? Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. the whole ad- adage of think, right? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Um, and I think a lot of times people forget about that. The next rule we want to cover is don't speak ill of others. Well, and I think this is related to being kind in our communications, but also, you know, we are, 
as a people, we're so driven by com- competition. You know, um, we we have this natural kind of competitive streak, and you know, everybody wants to be the best they can be, and people want to be acknowledged and rep- and and respected, and appreciated for the things that they do. And so, I think sometimes we as people tend to let that competitive nature drive the way that we talk about our colleagues and. Um, one of the things that was very enlightening for me as I was reviewing this book for the presentation was when we actually speak ill of others, we think that it makes us look better. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it it has the opposite effect. Um, mm-hmm. The listener usually is judging us by the things that we say about other people. And um, and and so I, I think that in that in that drive and that competitive drive that we have and that need to appear to be the expert or appear to be the go-to person for particular things. Sometimes if we disparage, when we disparage others, um, people judge us for that and it doesn't have the impact that we think that it will have. They, they're they probably thinking in their mind, well, gosh, if they'll say this about this person, they'll say it about me. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, you know, we, we just need to keep that in mind. There's really no need to disparage other people. You know, our work should speak for its, for ourselves. And also we never really know what someone else is going through. Mm-hmm. Again, that goes back to empathy. Empathy, right. We might've had an interaction with someone on a, on a bad day when they were going through, they may have a family member that's ill, mm-hmm. or they may be going through some financial struggles at home. And, and so we need to be empathetic and understand um, that we don't need to disparage others to, to lift ourselves up. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. And just hearing you uh, talk about empathy, it made me think just even as I interact with people, something that I've started doing is within, you know, the, in a professional way, if I feel that I'm already frustrated and dealing with a frustrated situation, if I, especially if I know the person well, sometimes I'll just outright say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going through it today. You know, could we pick up this conversation at a later date? And I think just being in touch with, what you're feeling as well as being kind of receptive to how other people are feeling can help um, stop a bad interaction before, before it starts. Um, when you certainly, you know, you, you don't mean to be mean to people, but, but sometimes you're just having a bad day and, and things just, you know, words just come out of your mouth. Well, and that's something that Brent preaches for us here at the school system all the time is that relationships really matter. And um, your relationships with people helped build trust and they build, you know, credibility. And, and so that goes exactly to what you were saying about the importance of saying, you know what, I'm just not having a great day today. Um, can we talk about this later? Or I apologize for the, for my tone or the way that I might've come off. And if you have that relationship, that foundation, then it can still, it won't deteriorate the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, if you have that level of trust between the two of you, you can maintain that relationship, even on your bad days. Mm-hmm. And this is a great one. Uh, the next rule, accept and give praise. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for for leaders, sometimes we have a we're better at giving critique and feedback and praise to others, but we're not so great at accepting it ourselves. And, you know, we deserve to be appreciated and um, accept praise as well for the things that we do. And so um you know, if you're if you're going to be able to give feedback and and give praise to others, then you need to be able to accept it in a gracious kind of way. And um, people may not admit it, but we all kind of at our core want to be appreciated for the things that we do. And so that's just that rule is really just about accepting praise in a gracious manner, mm-hmm. and um, and and it, and also being confident in the value that you offer. 
And wonderful. And for our last uh, pillar we want to tackle today as part of this conversation is um, give constructive criticism. Well, and that goes back to what I said about accepting praise, mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're if you're going to give praise, you also need to be able to give feedback in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's very difficult. I have found for leaders. I struggle with that myself, too, because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want um, we don't want people to think that they're not competent at their jobs. But mm-hmm. feedback to quote the book that exists, feedback is a gift. Mm-hmm. That's how people grow. That's how they learn. That's how they improve. And actually giving feedback in an appropriate manner to people really is your way of saying, I want to support you. I appreciate what you do. I value you as a person, as a colleague, as an employee, and I want to see you succeed. And so it's really about how you give the feedback. Uh, part of that is what you say, but it's how you say it. Um, it's the manner in which it's delivered, which includes the time of day and, and being considerate of what might else be going on in that person's mm-hmm. life. Um, and then giving them clear directives about their performance or whatever the issue is, as mm-hmm. well as how can you support them in mm-hmm. achieving their goals? Um, it's really easy to tell someone you did this wrong. Right. It's not so easy to tell someone, okay, you might have not done this correctly, but how here? How can I help you achieve your goal? And let's set some goals together so that you can continue to grow. And, and the next time we revisit this issue, um, you know, it, it'll have a different outcome. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And, you know, it makes me think of, you know, another way to give constructive criticism, but you do it while also providing resources, whether it's, you know, whether it's coaching, whether it's professional development, you know, maybe it's an actual piece of equipment that this person might need in order to do their job better. I think that the criticism lands so much better when you're coming at it from a perspective of, you know, I'm here to help you and I'm I'm going to spend money from my budget or give you time from my day to help you get better at your job. Yeah. It's like, let's work together to, to accomplish this goal because ultimately it's, it's everybody's goal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, 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 as, as an organization or any, any business, any company wants to be successful. And it's, it's not just one person that's going to make that happen. It's a collective goal. And so I think that's part of giving constructive criticism and feedback is how can I help support you to achieve these goals and how can we work together? But then also you got to follow up too, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just give someone directives and then not follow up on how things are going. There's, mm-hmm. there's, Feedback really has to be a constant thing. It's not a one-time conversation at the end of the year when they're being evaluated. It's right. ongoing. Right. And um, and so that way people don't feel cut off guard when, when yes. something's going wrong. And you can address potential issues when they arise as opposed to later on when they've really become a problem. Absolutely. That And that completely, I think, impacts trust on that, you know, manager, employee or team relationship. No one wants to get their yearly review and find out that you've been doing something horribly wrong for 365 days and no one told you. Yeah. But but then you also have to be able to receive that criticism, mm-hmm. too, and not in a judgmental um, on the offensive way, but receive it as this is someone who's trying to help me and this is how I can be better or more productive or more efficient in my job. And so I think it's it's very uncomfortable to get mm-hmm, criticism. Right. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. Um, but it's it is it can it can be a positive thing. Absolutely. And and Brent, we want to um, turn this over to you now. Sort of an underpinning or or maybe sort of all this is wrapped up based on however whatever metaphor you'd like to use. Um, in the importance of customer service. Tell me a little bit about that. Well so 
if you think about these principles and change glasses, so change your view, change your lens here to the customer service lens or how we treat those folks that we work with, i.e. our parents and our students, our customers every day, these rules jump right in as to basic principles of good customer service, you know, so um, acknowledge what their complaint or what their issue is. Speak kindly to them as you're talking to them or you're trying to work through whatever this issue is. Have empathy because just like with them, we may not know what they're going through as a parent in their life, in their world, or as a student. Listen to them. Um, uh, don't speak ill of your colleague. So they, they may have something to say about a colleague that you work with in the building, a teacher, a principal, um, whatever it may be. You know, think about the ways to, to support your colleagues, but also have an empathetic ear to the person that you're, that you're listening to. Um, accept and give praise. As also, while we, we all know that we, we don't often get the praise calls nearly as much as we do the other type of phone calls <laughs> right. and questions and comments, um, there's still a time and a place for that. And then constructive criticism. Um, the other thing that I think falls into this is helping you know, with that criticism, this it's not necessarily criticism, but it's helping educate someone when they do have a concern or a call, how they can help themselves. So where where are the places that you can find the information that you need on your website or within your school or within your Canvas page or whatever that may be? Um, so it's kind of interesting to change the perspective and think about these same rules from a customer service lens and helping our folks realize that, you know, we have to build the relationship and building a strong relationship in many cases, starts with a phone call um, or starts with a quick question, um, and then it helps build that 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 person into. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the book Raving Fans, but mm -hmm. it's a marketing book that talks about you know a raving fan is going to do more for you than somebody that just likes your brand. So if you if you treat people um, with all of these rules intact, you're going to eventually build some raving fans of your mm -hmm. district, um, and you work together. Mm -hmm. um, you become more of a team. And so in a nutshell, it, it's interesting just to take these rules and, and change them from that perspective. And that's how Dion and I really kind of started talking about this um, and pieced it together. And we, we're on a mission um, here, and I, I don't think it's any different in other districts to, to really improve what is our customer service? How are we working with our parents? What's our accessibility um, for parents to get their questions answered? Flip that inward. We have a lot of employees. We have about 7,500 employees. Um, so building a raving fan of our own employees, if they're, they're not being supported um, by central office or by the folks in, in some of our large departments like finance or human resources, um, how do we curb that so that we can build that culture internally as well? So all of that encompassing, I think, is an interesting way to look at some of these points. Absolutely. And so as we wrap up our conversation today, I did want to end with just a to get a reflection from each of you to uh, just hear how these strategies have changed your workplace culture, or even changed how, how you interface with people uh, on a daily basis, either personally or professionally. So Dion, we'll start with you. So I think for me, you know, the other day, someone was um, commenting about the, it seems like the people in my department, we all just love each other and love coming to work. And someone asked me, you know, what do you do? How, like, how did you achieve that? What do you do? And I really had to think about it. There's no secret sauce to mm -hmm. creating a, a culture and environment where people feel appreciated, where they feel acknowledged, respected, and we treat each other kindly. And so 
I have really tried to promote that type of culture and environment in my own department. I know Brent has worked tremendously on trying to kind of permeate our entire organization with these basic principles. And when you approach a situation really with kind of this service mindset, like Brent talked about, as far as how can I help you, understanding that the way someone approaches you or the the outward demeanor that they express is oftentimes indicative of things that they may be going through on the inside. I think that that helps your communication go a lot more smoothly. Um, communication is often the breakdown of a lot of things. It's just mm-hmm. people fail to communicate. They don't communicate appropriately. But I think that when you can, when you can listen appro- uh, listen actively, um, you you kind of operate from this spirit of empathy and um, trying to really truly understand the root of the problem with kindness and respect and acknowledgement for others, then that's really kind of the recipe for having an environment, having a, a workplace culture that is um, that people want to stay in. You know, um, that's pe- when people say, I love it here and mm-hmm. and I and I and I enjoy working here. And ultimately, what I think is when people feel appreciated and respected and acknowledged, they're going to be more productive. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to be more apt to to get those um, assignments turned in. They're going to be more apt to meet deadlines because they feel supported and they feel like they're trusted by their colleagues. And so that's why I think all of this really kind of snowballs into if you do it right you're you're going to you're going to have an environment where people work and are productive and are efficient and do the things that they're supposed to do if you don't do it right then you're going to have the opposite effect you're going to have complaints you're going to have a toxic environment you're going to have lawsuits you're going to have all these things so um i say all that to say when when you can implement these rules in your workplace with fidelity you're going to have a much more positive outcome in the end and you touched on, I did want to just kind of mention this. Obviously, we, we, we do this and we, we would implement these strategies to have a good, healthy work culture. But, you know, it, it's also about um, retention and, and um, recruitment of students and employees. And like uh, Brent mentioned, raving fans, you want cheerleaders out in the community talking about how great you are, what a great experience they had, or they had a problem and it was quickly resolved. Uh, to me, those interactions that people are having, you know, standing in line at the grocery store or are as powerful as the best marketing video a team can can put together. Um, it 100% makes a huge difference. So uh, really the, these practices, it's it's about so much more uh, than, than just culture. Um, so Brent, what about you? Yeah, you know, so the, the thing that strikes me is you think of these things, I think we made a comment earlier that these seem to be you know, common things that you you think we should know or understand or know to practice. The interesting thing we've noticed is, especially now I run the parent hotline as well. My team manages the hotline. So that's parents calling in most of the time um, upset over something or they can't find an answer. So they're probably a little frustrated by the time mm-hmm. they, they call in. The interesting part about it is when you use these principles on that front, it almost surprises them that you speak kindly and you share empathy and you say, oh, wow, the bus was late. That would make me mad. I'm so sorry that you had to wait too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that. Acknowledging their feelings. I mean, it's been interesting to see the turnaround just in some of that culture by again, applying these principles and how we react to people. And then, like you said, that in and of itself is a marketing tool Mm -hmm. because they will go and tell someone they were so kind when I called, they totally understood what I was you know, asking, 
they maybe took a little while to find the right answer, but they were kind to me and they helped me and, and, and I feel better about it and I'm more comfortable about the situation. So that is a marketing tool. That is building a fan. That is building capacity in our community as well. Um, so it, it, it's been an interesting take, but it did shock me that when, when you apply these, how some people now are surprised that you're not going to treat them the way that, that, that right. they treat you. Right. Because people make a lot of assumptions, especially at big organizations. And it's mm-hmm. great that you have some strategies implemented and you can see them working. You see it every day. Um, that, that's great data to show that, you know, this can be uh, effective just to anyone who's listening. Um, you know, this is a, a great something that could be really great for your organization. Well, wonderful conversation. I appreciate your time, everyone. Brent Campbell, Chief Communications and External Relations Officer, and Deanne Jenkins, Board Attorney, both with Winston-Salem for Scythe County Schools. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks to Gabbert for their support of this episode of School PR Drive Time.